Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blitz Package. Today I got Britt Zink with me here today, and my name is Travis Stefan, and we're going to be talking about your Kansas City Chiefs playing the New York Jets this week. And what should be an easy win with recent events, it definitely is still kind of a... makes you cringe a little bit. So first I want to talk about Darrell Revis. First game, and it's against his old team. What... What expectations do you have for him? I don't have big expectations. Um, I know A10 was having fun on Twitter the other day with how many interceptions do you think he's going to have? Two to five or seven to ten or something like that. (laughs) And like I said, he hasn't played all year long. I'm expecting better than Philip Gaines. So he should be playing. But. Not, not I'm not expecting him to be Revis Island or anything like that. I mean, I expect him to be where he's supposed to be. He's an old veteran who knows the playbook. He's been under Sutton before, so he knows the plays. He knows where to be, when to be there. So I expect him to be in the right place. And if if there is a play to be made, then I do expect him to make the play. You know, the plays, Philip Gaines, the ball hits him off his head. Revis catches that. Revis isn't going to let that bounce off his head. So... If he's in position, he'll make a play, but I don't see him having the athleticism or the speed. He'll be rusty. so. But I think he'll still be an upgrade over Gaines for sure. Him and Mitchell right now, I'd probably say I, w- I would expect the same production I get from Mitchell from Rebus. Maybe actually Mitchell may even be a little better right for the first game just because he's not rusty and hasn't played in a season, so. But you got Revis going against his former team, so you never know. That may give him a little extra adrenaline, a little extra want to stick it to him. So, Yeah, and they, they asked him about that uh, today and yesterday a little bit. And, you know, of course, he gave the whole speech of, like every other player does, that, no, I'm not, it's, it's just another game. And, you know, the the, the usual BS. And... I, I do believe that I'm sure he wants to kind of stick it to them, but at the same time, I still have a lot of worries with it. Um, I like that they are trying to make a change, trying to fix the fix the problem, but I don't have a lot of high expectations really at all. I, I think you're right. I think he's going to be kind of what we got already. Um, I just I just hope that he's not getting burned like we saw when he – his first year back with the Jets. I mean, I'm just going to say right now, I, I told you this earlier, I just downloaded Madden. I got everything set up perfectly to where, you know, it's the exact uh, schedules and everything and went and played my game against the uh, the Jets and I moved on a couple. And I played three games and it seemed like every time I was – you know, it was like third and 15 or something. You know, I was doing really good, getting pressure on like the regular Chiefs. Um, but Revis <laughs> was just getting burned constantly. And I am hoping that it's not like that in real life because it was pretty ugly for him on Madden. So I'm, I'm hoping he looks a little bit better than that. But yeah. Well, like, I, like I, said, I assume you're starting Mahomes on Madden. So Madden's oh, not oh, necessarily real life either. So, but <laughs> that's why we've won the next three games. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's been great. I uh this was my first year not buying Madden right off the bat. I uh I bought it on Black Friday. Um you know, I didn't really get to play over the week and I just basically built a quick playbook. Um 
you know, I had to go through all the basically starting the season with pre-existing injuries. Uh, I had to go through each week for every team and choose who won up until now. So it took me a while to get going. I haven't played in like a year. So the Jets game was definitely rough. I won, but it was rough. I hadn't. Yeah. I like I like to play on all pro, but with sliders, I always download, you know, some sliders that I find because the jump from all pro to all Madden is just retarded. Oh, you know, that's all a Madden huge is leap. just not even realistic. No. Nah. But so I always try and find something that's harder than all pro, but not like all Madden. But yeah, I, I uh, he got burned quite a bit, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen this coming week. But at the same time, well. You know, we, we say, oh, well, who's who's they, who's McCown going to throw to? You know, the Jets don't really have anybody like Anunwa. I mean, but at the same time, yeah. neither did the Giants, neither did the Bills. And as much as it wasn't the defense that lost us those games, you know, just just getting pretty much 16 points or nine points in regulation is enough, apparently. Yeah, that one deep ball that bounces off somebody's head could win the game. <laughs> well, with Revis coming in and, you know, you got Nelson back and Mitchell played last game, I swear to God, if I see Gaines out there, there's going to be issues. Yeah, I'd say there's no reason. I mean, Mitchell, I think Mitchell should probably actually get most of the time at the number two spot just because, like I said, you're getting, you're getting Revis rusty, hadn't played a game. I don't think you can just – throw him out there as your number two guy, you know, and go on down the road. I think you got to let it work its way, get him in here and there and see how he goes. And then all of a sudden, if he's, if he's showing it, then okay, maybe he gets, keeps playing, but I'm definitely thinking it's got to be a platoon to start the game at least. Yeah. What didn't, didn't, uh, when Steven Nelson came back, didn't they kind of give him like a, a 60 or 70%? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. I, it was like fifty, I sixty. Like I, th- I think we'll see some Mitchell out there, but I think I think Revis will get most, uh, kind of the same as Nelson did. But I don't see him being out there every snap. If so, then I'd be very surprised if he can keep up. Yeah, um, I think I, I think, think if he if he's seeing every snap, either for some reason he's still Revis Island, and it's like holy crap, we can't take this guy out, or it's. Mitchell got hurt or somebody got hurt and so well crap he has to play yeah I I don't I don't see him getting too many I expect him to get beat a couple times um and I know that they will be targeting you know him quite a bit trying to see you know they they whoever's over there they're going to target constantly whether it's in the slot or on the outside you know it's basically just that side of the field with Peters pretty much locking down the other side. So it doesn't matter who you put in there. They're going to get targeted quite a bit. We'll just have to see if Revis can do better than Mitchell Gaines and Acker, which I mean, can you set the bar any lower than that? Hey man, (laughs) I've, I've, I've had my time of defending, uh, Terrence Mitchell and I've gotten a lot of, I, I feel like before they benched Mitchell, I got tons of just, you know, hating on Twitter, just constant, you know, you're, you're an idiot. You don't know anything about football. Are you watching these games? That kind of stuff. You know, the, the, 
the fans that are giving you those, like, that's all they have to say because they don't really have an argument. And that's yeah. the most frustrating ones. I just pretty much don't respond to you guys. Because <laughs> if, if you're going to call me stupid and say that, am I watching the games? Okay, well, why do you, you know, what is your counter? Like, what is your proof that he's doing this bad? And, you know, I've made the argument that any corner that's targeted 15 times a game, they're going to give up some, especially playing the way Mitchell does, that aggressive. And I've also made the argument that playing him 10 yards off his receiver is completely against how you should play Mitchell. Mitchell's that physical guy that should be right up on the line. And if you're playing him in, you know, 10 yards off or in zone, you know, you're, you're just asking to lose. Yeah, I agree. And plus it's not, I mean, I, Mitchell, actually, I haven't had a problem with Mitchell all year. I mean, he hasn't been burnt. I mean, I don't remember the last time you looked and Mitchell was He's 10 yards right from there. his wide receiver. He's right there. He just hasn't, the balls went just over his fingertips or so, or he just didn't get his head turned around in time or, you know, Amari Cooper shoves him in the back. Well, and it's funny because yeah, there's stuff like that. That's like, dude, he's there. It's just, I don't know why he's not making the play, but it's not like he's getting burnt. He just isn't making the play. Exactly. And it's funny because all the people that were sitting here telling me that, you know, I had people telling me that Mitchell shouldn't even be on the team. And I always tell those people, I'm like, okay, well, so you're telling me that Gaines, that Acker at the time, DJ White, all those guys are better than than Mitchell? Well, well, no. Okay, then. Then he definitely deserves to be on the team. But if either either way, if you're telling me that Mitchell doesn't deserve to be the even the sixth man on pretty much any team, I think you're you're a little crazy. But all those people that told me that he doesn't he shouldn't even be on this team. He's so bad. Are the same people that are cussing on Twitter. You know, at Bob Sutton, at Andy Reid, if they don't put Mitchell back in. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I don't really have a problem with how Mitchell has played. I think he's just been targeted a lot. And, you know, teams are starting to put their fast receivers on him. You know, he's more – it's kind of like with the Broncos. Emmanuel Sanders always runs wild against us because – you know, if you look at Mitchell and Peters, they're more of the physical at the catch point. They're not your speed corner. And so they get burned against Emmanuel Sanders. But when Emmanuel Sanders isn't in the game and you can only put Demarius Thomas against one of those two, hey, we had a pretty good game. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Simeon helped it out a little bit with those <laughs> Maybe what, just a three tad. interceptions or something like that. But. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just a tad. I mean, I'm pretty sure he even tried to do a Pat Mahomes throw, the jumping up and across the body for that last one. Yeah, all the way across the field. I think that's <laughs> that's probably the only, or at least last, interception Kenneth Acker's going to get. There's, it doesn't get easier than that. No, no. Because he was getting burned on that play, and he just threw it way behind him. Yeah, yeah, he was actually burned, like, but he couldn't throw it, so... <laughs> <laughs> You, Gotta Trevor love playing Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Oh, yeah. Well, and they're back to him, I think, now. Yeah, yeah, I think they are because Lynch got hurt, and thankfully maybe they're done with it. Of course, is Osweiler hurt, or are they just done with that experiment, too? I think they're done with that one. No. Didn't didn't Lynch get hurt last year or something, last time yeah. like when he was supposed to? Yeah. Yeah, he got hurt last year when he was going to get 
some reps, and then he got hurt in the preseason when they were wanting him to be the starter this year. And then now he's hurt for – that's why he was crying on the sideline because he knows that's probably it. <laughs> you can yeah, only they, get hurt so many times before they're like, okay, dude, we give up. I'm like, you're done. <laughs> yeah, you would think that – you would think that, you know, John Elway, you know, being a Hall of Fame quarterback – you would think that he would have a better idea of, you know, what quarterbacks to draft. And he's not had good luck so far. Uh, it, in general, not just quarterbacks, I think that his drafting has been pretty much garbage, in my opinion. But uh, he, he pretty much came over. Didn't he come over, like, the year after Von Miller was drafted? Uh, yes. I think yeah, I so. Think, it was either the year after or he was the year Von Miller was drafted. I can't remember which. Yeah, I think he I think most of that team was already pretty much built when he got there. Um, yeah. Well and he I mean his thing was he signed Manning, he signed uh, Demarcus Ware, he signed Talib. Yeah. So I mean that's where he got I'd be that's where he got his stuff was free agency, not the draft, right. which everybody always says the worst guys to have as general managers are the greatest. Because it came easy to them. Yeah. And they see a guy who's got really good arm strength and really good at and like, oh, man, we can teach him. I mean, I came into camp and they taught me how to do something in two days. He'll get it. Well, no, dude, because they're, they're not you. Right. That's why Michael Jordan can't build a basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, not everybody can do what you can do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you can even reference this with the uh, Denver Broncos. I mean. You know, I've grown up a Colorado Avalanche fan, you know, for NHL. And, you know, the reason that I became a fan of them was because of Patrick Waugh, their uh, Hall of Fame Uh, goalie. goalie. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he came over from the Canadians uh, after he told them he wasn't going to play another game for them because they kept him in a game way too long after, you know, he was having a bad game. Traded to the Avalanche in their first year in 95. And then in 96... They won the Stanley Cup. Then I think it was 03 that they won their second one. But anyways, I think it was in first or second grade, I had to do a book report. And it had to be like on a athlete or some kind of celebrity. And he was, you know, one of the ones like I typed in NHL and started just watching videos. And I just became this huge fan. And long story short, been fan since then. It's been a rough couple of years. But he became the head coach of the Avalanche. And it was so surprising because our goalie is fine. But our defense has just been, we can't get it out of our own area. And you would think that, you know, this this great goalie could make a great defense, at least. Yeah. But that's all, that's always been the issue. And so, you know, of course now he's not there anymore and it's the same thing. You know, he, he was a hall of fame goalie, absolutely outstanding. His fights were awesome, but he just couldn't be a head coach. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just, I think Elway's way overrated. I think that he gets way too much credit that he hasn't earned. Um, Oh yeah. I mean, he gets credit for signing Peyton Manning. That's, that's it. Yeah. Anyways, back to Chiefs football. Um, <laughs> so, I had a conversation on Twitter today, and I know that you chimed in a little bit. And 
it, it got me thinking I wanted to kind of run this by everybody and we'll see how much hate mail we get for this. But D Ford, I've never been a fan of D Ford. I think that they reached for him. You know, he was projected to be a high second round pick and they reached for him in the first. Uh, you know, he sat behind Justin Houston and Tomba Hawley, especially Hawley, who is, you know, in my opinion, one of the best hand fighters you know, in the NFL history. You sit behind those two guys. And in year four, you're, in my opinion, not any better. Everyone wants to reference the 10-sack season last year when he was on Houston's side, when we were playing terrible offensive lines. In fact, there was a couple games where we were playing, like, third-string right tackles. Yeah, he, he went really up against uh, Barry Richardson in the Broncos game, if I remember right. Yeah, and I think it was the uh, – <laughs> it was either Oakland. He had a bunch against Oakland too, I think. Yeah, they had Oakland a or backup Tennessee, or like, third string guy. Yeah. But anyways, he even admitted in the offseason that he was still super inconsistent. And this year, you know, he's on and off with the back injury. And we, we haven't seen him for four games now. This is probably going to be a fifth. Honestly, I'm waiting for them to put him on the injured reserve, and then we'll pretty much have to pay him for next year. But everybody wants to reference that 10-sack season. And in that Twitter discussion, you know, the guy, the guy was like, well, he's still on his rookie contract, so he's, he's super cheap for the talent. And if you've looked at the fifth-year option for Ford next year, it's $8 million. Guys, that's not cheap. In fact, there's only four players that make over $8 million on this team right now. And you could count Benny Logan. He's just shy of it. So maybe five. But do you think that D Ford, a guy who's been his really, I don't think he has improved much since his rookie season, you know, maybe rookie season to second year, but I, I haven't seen the type of progression you should see out of a first-round pick. And the only reason that I think he's still going to be here next year is because Tomba's already out the door. I, yeah. I don't see what everyone sees in D Ford. I, I don't see how you can bring him back. I mean, not for $8.7 million. It's ridiculous. I mean, he would seriously be the third-highest paid player on the team. And that is our, because and I, and I the that. only two people that make right. more than him is Justin Houston and Eric Berry. And He'll I just make, don't see it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he had a 10-sack season, which actually he had 10 sacks in like eight games against garbage. And then when Houston came back, he had a zero, which you'd think Houston comes back. Oh, man, now now they can't double-team Ford. He should be one-on-one. He should – nope, didn't have any. Not one single sack after that. Well, in all fairness, and, I know that he got hurt. Uh, what was it, hamstring or groin? In yeah, the, in that game. Yeah, I think it, it was hamstring. Yeah, it was. It was the same game that. Well, the second game of Justin Houston. It was against the Denver Broncos, and then it was still nagging him the rest of the season. And so I, I try, and give a little credit. You know, okay, hamstring. You know, they do, they do kind of linger, um, but. You know, you look at the, what has he played, six games this year? Yeah, I think so. Five or, five or six games. Has maybe, I think, two sacks. Yep. He He's not been anything different. 
No. I mean, I, I looked up the numbers when we were talking to the guy on Twitter. And for his career in four seasons, he averages four sacks and 15 tackles a year. Now, he's you're telling still me. an absolute liability against the run game. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he only has 15 tackles a season as a linebacker. Justin Houston gets, I mean, Reggie Ragland had nine two weeks in a row. Yeah, he, he's had that in two weeks. So right there, he's already surpassed him for the season. And, I mean, it's just so, he has, he's he's fast. And when he beats his guy, he, he can get to the quarterback. But he's only got one move. He's got the outside speed rush. Every left tackle knows it. So all they do is just prepare to start running backwards. And when they get him, they just shove him behind the quarterback. Most quarterbacks don't take eight-step drops out of the shotgun like ours does. So <laughs> that gives the left tackle room to just shove him behind. The quarterback takes one step up. D Ford's no problem whatsoever. I mean, one of the two sacks he has was because a running back hit him into the quarterback. He did absolutely nothing. <laughs> and yeah, I, I remember that play. And and the thing is, if he was making if if we could not sign him the option, let him go to free agency, and then bring him back for two million, okay, I'd take him back. Make him a third down pass rush guy. But we got TK who can step in. I'm I'm expecting to step in next year. Yeah, you're going you're going to lose Ali, but you've already lost Ali. What's he played 15 snaps? Well, and I, I so, think they were preparing him for the end of the season. I think that you know, before I came over to Arrowhead Addict, I did an article on Tamba Holly last year. And it was basically a article of is he over or underrated? And I came to the conclusion, in my opinion, that he was overrated in pay, underrated in, in his actual play. I think that, you know, he was, what, the fourth? I think the fourth highest in pressures from that side last year. Yeah, it was. And it was he played like 53% of the snaps. Yeah. I mean, I Thomas, mean, I mean, even, even last week when he played, I mean, I noticed him getting close to the quarterback more than anybody else. Oh, yeah. He looks like he wants it. Yeah. I mean, he, he's fresh, which is how they should do it. He honestly shouldn't play more than 10 snaps until the playoffs. And then the playoffs. Unleashed. I'm burning you. Yep. <laughs> I'm playing you until you're done. Because you're I'm done after you the year anyway. Come out. Yeah. You're done after the year anyway. So I'm playing you until you're done. And I, I, I play agree. you all out. And we're just going to. We're, uh, what was the movie? Rookie of the year. When mm-hmm. the pitcher at the end of the movie, like one more game, you know, I'm just, I'm, he just lets it fire for one more game. The end of the game, blows his arm out. I'm done. That's Tomba. <laughs> and it's so depressing to think, you know, Tomba Holly and Derek Johnson are probably going to be gone. Two of my favorite chiefs. You know, I, I, when, when, when they came to the chiefs, I was still early high school very early high school and it was when I started to really pay attention and not, not just like, you know, watch the game with some friends each weekend, actually like paying attention to the game and who was doing what. And, you know, so I've, I've followed them their whole career and it, it's really, it's really hard to take in, you know, knowing that they aren't going to be here next year. It's not going to be the same. Yeah, should I remember when we drafted? Those were the first two draft picks I could remember the Chiefs in a long time. That I was like, man, I hope they draft these guys. 
holy crap, they drafted the guys I wanted them to. <laughs> Sweet. See I, see, I didn't, when they drafted them, I, I didn't really know who they were. Um, honestly, Mahomes is probably the biggest one. Uh, you know, every year I have, you know, at least for like the last five, you know, I've kind of gone over film and watched to see who I want them to draft and never do. Now, of course, I was happy. I was actually one of the few happy people when they drafted Peters. But um, Mahomes was the first time for me that they actually really picked the guy I wanted. I, I really didn't think that that was, you know, I figured Deshaun Watson or something. In fact, I was actually pretty surprised they even went quarterback. But the fact that they picked my guy, I was pumped. I mean, that was the first film I watched over the quarterbacks. And, you know, I watched about three games where I was like, there's no way that any other quarterback in this draft is going to impress me more. They don't stand a chance. And I thought Deshaun Watson was okay. But, you know, like you've probably heard, I thought he was kind of a 2.0 or Alex Smith 1.5. Yeah, and I still think he is. Yeah, I, I think that he's got a lot of the same issues as Alex Smith. But... The others I really wasn't impressed with, any of them. But here nor there, that that was you know my guy that I really wanted them to draft, and I'm just really kind of bummed that you know next year when I'm going to camp, I'm not going to see those guys. Yeah. D Ford, however, is the anti. He was the guy that drafted, and everybody in the draft party went, "Who? Yeah, hang that, on, I, hang I on let, me, let me get my book. Hang on, which that was like a." For as much as I love John Dorsey, and I'm probably the biggest John Dorsey fan there is, that one, nah, that one didn't work. And it's the reason Justin Houston's still on the team. Because if D. Ford had been a usual first-round pick or even a little bit better than what he is, he was just he was Justin Houston's replacement. They weren't going to pay Houston the big money. They were going to let him play the franchise tag and gone down the road and they would have just slid D Ford right in there. Yeah. Dorsey's thing was always kind of, you know, build through the draft and constantly replace. Yeah. Well, and that's how he, he'd been doing it where he draft. I mean, he drafted Marcus Peters to replace Sean Smith. Yep. He always drafted next year, year Sean Smith gone. <clears throat> you know, he drafted Chris Jones to replace. That was supposed uh, to be Poe. Well, yeah. Poe or in DeVito, you know, Poe and DeVito. And then so that, that's how that he always, like never got the credit. That's how he always and DeVito was hurt too often. He was really good when he played. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing with D Ford. Like you say, well, I give him credit because, you know, he was injured. That's the problem. He was injured half of last year. He's missing half this year. I'm not paying him $8.7 million. I'm sorry. I can find help. I'll pay Frank Zombo $2 million and be better off. Shoot, Frank Zombo's played better than he has this year. Oh, Frank Zombo's been perfectly fine. Yeah, he gets no pass rush, but quite frankly, Justin Houston doesn't get a pass rush this year. So, but yeah, he, he stops the run. And if you can't, if you got to do something, D Ford wasn't getting pressure or stopping the run. So at least Zombo stops the run. Next year, I expect TK to start. You got Daddy Nichols, who, who knows, but he'll be on the team. And then. I think Zombo is a free agent, so I mean you're going to need to bring in a couple guys, but they're going they're supposed to be backups behind TK and Houston. So you draft a third rounder, and then you bring in a Zombo type guy who can stuff the run if TK doesn't build up to being a, f- a three down linebacker. 
type deal. For And you can sign any of those guys for $2 million. Well, see, and I think a lot of that is why, you know, Justin Houston is having issues because you have nobody on that side. You know, for you, you look at Cleo Mack. You don't see him with high sack numbers. It's because they don't really have anyone on the other side. You have Irvin. I think he's overrated, <clears throat> honestly. But, you know, you look at Justin Houston's best season. He had Tom Bahali on the other side, who is still playing really good football. And right now you have no one over there. And you see teams chipping him, constant play actions, constant double teams. And until you get someone on that other side that's actually worth a damn, that's what you're going to see. You have to have someone on the other side that can get some pressure. And D Ford has not been able to do that. Frank Zombo, which, uh, you know, I, I never expected it from him because, you know, he's really just not a pass rusher. He's more of a run defender, and he's done really well against the run, actually. And I think I wrote an article when D Ford got hurt. It was like the first game after Zombo started and the first time that D Ford got hurt this year. And, you know, I wrote an article defending Zombo, and everybody wanted to criticize it, yet now everyone's saying that he's outplaying D. Ford. No. I'm just seeing so many people change their minds this season. Yeah, I mean, Zombo, I mean, Zombo's a guy, he, he does what he does. Right. Yeah, you know, he. I don't, don't, don't praise him like he's some new second coming of something. Well, right. You're, he you're is what he needs to be. You're giving Listen, him credit we don't, and expectations for a third or fourth guy yeah we we don't have a pass rusher so somebody needs to stop the run and he's been very solid and he's even getting better i mean i remember beginning of the year there was a bootleg play where he bit hard and the quarterback i think ran for a touchdown if i remember right well this just last week they ran the same play and he stuffed it for a five-yard loss because he stayed he's done really well he stayed home like that's been great d ford in four years hasn't figured this crap out because I remember, I think the announcers even said, if not the announcers, then we said it on our Arrowhead chat, that that play was designed for D. Ford. If D. Ford was over there, that play would have gone for 50 yards and a touchdown. Oh, yeah. But D. Ford wasn't there. Frank Zombo was, so he stuffed it for a five-yard loss. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome, I think. Like, you know, with, with Frank Zombo, yeah, we can criticize his uh, pass rush but he's good against the run. D Ford, I don't feel like he's great at anything. No. You know, like he's just kind of mediocre. And, you know, a lot of people are, they want to call him good. Well, I'm sorry. I expect great out of my first round picks. And I know that not all of them are going to be great. You know, you, you have your busts. D Ford's one of those busts in my opinion. Oh, and definitely. everyone wants to praise him for one season. Yeah, and I, like I said, he's good enough in that one season. He was really good, and he's he actually isn't that bad at pass coverage. So, I mean, like I said, for $2 million, sure, I'd take him. And right. I think another team should pick him up. I'm not saying he sucks and should be out of the league. I'm just saying I'm not paying him $8.7 million. Especially $8.7 million with back problems. Yeah, I'm just – it's just not going to happen. Now, like I said, if we cut him and – He's not getting a lot of looks, and he'll come back for two million. By all means, sign him, and I'll be perfectly fine with it. He can be well, a backup. Maybe he, get him in the weight room. Back problems. It's going to be the same thing as Poe. Oh yeah, you know he's he's going to think 
He's going to have all the, you know, this, these offers coming his way, big money. And then he gets pretty much what Poe got. Yeah. Which well, is, he's going to get a one year, prove it, $2 million deal. And they're with incentives. And it's going to be a tryout. If you stay healthy all year and you play decent, then somebody will sign you to a multi year deal next year. If your back flares up or you lost your step, then you're out of the league. <laughs> so speaking of the one-year kind of prove-it deal with incentives, and we'll get back to the linebackers, but do you think that Benny Logan gets a long-term deal this next season? Because he got I, pretty similar to Poe's deal. I think we'll give him an offer. I think I think it depends on – I don't think we're going to pay him top money. Well, no, not top money. So, I mean, if if somebody comes over the t- – I think we'll offer him three years. I don't even know what a average decent D-line contract is. Three years, $20 million. If somebody comes in and says three years, $30 million, okay, he's going to go play there. Right. But I think we'll offer. I don't think it's one of those things where he's going to get so much – where it's like Poe, where we just, man, dude, we're moving on, or we think you're going to get paid way too much, so we're not even going to talk to you. I think, yeah, I, th- I think they'll offer him, and if it's if he comes cheap enough, they'll keep him. If some other team blows him away, they'll say, good luck. Yeah, I, th- I think that – I think with Logan, it wasn't as much a prove-it deal. It was, okay, we're going to give you a one-year deal. We don't have much cap. But the next offseason, we're going to have something like $40 million in cap. And, yeah. you know, kind of pushing it off until then. Um, I, I do hope he comes back next year. I hope they can, you know, find a reasonable price to bring him back because I think he's the only one that's been consistent on that line. Uh, you I, know? Think, I think he's been fine. I think our, I mean, our, our running game problem at the beginning of the year, honestly, was just Derek Johnson got too much playing time and Rameek Wilson and whoever else we were throwing out there weren't very good. Now that Raglan's playing and he looks like a new Derek Johnson, the way he's playing right now, that looks like the greatest trade in Chiefs history at this point right now. And Pierre Lewis has been playing great. Quite frankly, I can't believe Raglan only played 60% of the snaps last week. I mean, he should be 80 90% of the snaps. Yeah, he's he's looked solid. Like, like we said earlier, he's had nine tackles in both the last two games. And, um, you know, that was another article that I put out you know, a while back, I think it was, it was before the Dallas game. And, Cause it was before the, before we started playing two middle linebackers instead of bringing Sorensen down. And I put an out, put out an article, you know, wondering, you know, what happened to these, all these middle linebackers that we brought in to help with this situation. And they're not getting playing time. They're not looking that great. They're looking hesitant. And, the last few weeks, you know, and Dallas included, you know, you kept Ezekiel Elliott to 3.4 yards per carry. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. So we've we've seen him get back to that kind of the thumper and not hesitating, you know, actually instincts. And he's looked really good. And I'm not as worried, you know, especially with KPL being right there. Uh, when DJ leaves, it's just more of a 
personal thing, you know, missing one of your favorite players. But I do think that they've, um, for the most part, solved the run situation. I know we haven't played anyone spectacular other than the Ezekiel Elliott, but I think that for how we play defense, they've fixed it enough. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I mean, I think they fixed it enough going next year where your starters are fine. I think you're going to have Raglan and Lewis, or yeah, Raglan and Pierre Lewis. But you're going to need to find, you know, over me somebody to back them up because Johnson's not going to be here. He's either going to be somewhere else or retire. Hopefully, he retires, but we'll see. I think for the rest of the year, honestly, what they and I heard an interview with Johnson where they were talking about his playing time getting lessened, and and he was fine with it. He just wanted to win. I think they should almost do like Ali with him for the rest of the year. Give him a few 10, 15 snaps, wait till the playoffs. And at the playoffs, you know, get him fully healthy. He's still coming off the Achilles back. Man, we just want you 100% when the playoffs come. By God, we're going to stick you next to Ragland. Go nuts. Same thing as Ali. Go tell you, go tell something breaks as hard as you can. And when something breaks, we got you covered. You're going to be in the ring of honor. You're going to do all this stuff. Go tell you're done. Lay it all out for one last time. Which, speaking of contracts and cap towards next year and everything, I think that's exactly what John Dorsey planned. Yeah, I mean, there's... You you can't look at how many people were losing in the cap situation going to next year without saying, this was go for it. We knew we were drafting a quarterback. We knew we were going to be rebuilding next year anyway. We went all in for one year. We signed Logan for one year. You know, we brought the the band back with re-signing Ali and Johnson when we did. I think we told everybody we got. Alex Smith has one, two more years left, one more year left. We're going all out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we, we can tell everybody we tried as much as we could. When, you know, we were talking about the whole Dorsey thing earlier today, um, my thing with Dorsey was, you know, I, I get that this was what he was working towards, but how he did it, you know, the constant dead money, and I get it in the first couple of years, you know, there's going to be guys that don't fit your scheme or guys that you don't want or that didn't live up to their contracts. So I get it in the first couple of years. But in those first four years, you had, I think it was almost $10 million twice around 20 million twice in dead money. And then this year was looking to be that finally not so much dead money. Well, then he goes and cuts a couple players and we're back up at 8 or 9. My thing is and I, and I get what he's doing. But why are you signing guys to 5-year contracts constantly and then cutting them after 2? The, the constant dead money, I mean, even in the the lowest dead money in all five years, that could pay off your top, you know, some of your top players. That would pay for D Ford's fifth year option. Well, thank God we don't have that then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the contracts was really my only issue, and you know, with the dead cap money. You know, there, yeah. there's so much money that could go to some talent. 
and I got it. But at the same time, I mean, when I looked back during those years, I didn't see who we were going to get with it. Like, like I didn't see the big name free agent that I was like, man, we totally could have signed that guy if it wasn't for this. We had a pretty good starting team. We've had a good starting team for three years. It's like, okay, who are you going to bench for $8 million? You know, okay, there, so we could have signed somebody for $8 million. Okay, well, who are you going to bench and who are you going to go get? D4. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, Alex Smith. It, we weren't, it sucked. But at the same time, I didn't see anybody that, I was like, you know, wide receivers. Oh, we got to go get another wide receiver. There wasn't anybody to go get. I mean, what, a 40-year-old Brandon Marshall? You wanted to throw money at that junk? I mean... Alshon Jeffrey or... You know, so it was like... Who was in there last year? wasn't stuff I was really worried about, you know. And like I said, I think it was a lot of... With Andy Reid and we had Alex Smith, they were trying to go for it and... Throwing money at Grub and st- and I and it, I at least give him credit for walking away from him rather than just keep the crappy player. Oh, I I'd rather have I dead have money no, than a crappy player. I, and and when they signed Ben Grubbs, he was coming off a Pro Bowl. Awesome. Yeah, I have year. No nobody with that signing. That. Nobody argued that signing when he did it. Now after he sucked for one year and they cut him, it was look at this horrible contract. Well, he, he had an injury. Yeah, he had a back or something. If I yeah, remember. back or neck. It was it was something that I, I'm pretty sure he retired. Yeah, like they, they cut him and he retired. Yeah, I don't think he signed. I don't think he ever signed. I think he retired after nobody picked him up the next year. Yeah, I I, I had no issue with that, but you know, you know and like Macklin this year, you know, well, I think that was more of just ticked off Andy Reid and Andy Reid did the power play. Yeah, but I mean, what I mean, we didn't lose anything by cutting Macklin. Macklin wasn't that good. He hadn't been that good in Baltimore. Baltimore's just a crapshoot. I mean, yeah, it turns out after Conley and Wilson and everybody gets hurt, sure would be nice. But I mean, well, and I like, gets open. Hill's been great. Kelsey's basically been my great. only argument with Macklin is yes, I think Hill's better. I even think that Conley can be better than Macklin. You know, depending on how he would have played this year. But with Macklin on the field, it does make your offense better. I'd rather have Macklin on the field than Albert Wilson. Now, Macklin would have had issues. Macklin had issues with how much he got the ball last year. And he would have got less this year. My yeah. only thing was it made defenses respect Macklin. They respected him. And they made sure to keep an eye on him. But I don't and think it, they it necessarily gave Bill and Kelsey more room. I don't think they really would have. I don't. A. I don't think they did a whole lot last year, and I don't think they would have really done it this year. I mean, if you're saying if you're telling defenses, you got Hill, Kelsey, and Macklin. Well, who are you going to worry about? You're going to worry about Hill and Kelsey before you worry about Macklin. Well, and see this Macklin, year, and Macklin, he's lost his step. He he's not a deep threat anymore. So you're not worried about Macklin killing you deep. Well, he's never been a speed guy. So it was uh, always just like a contested. He was a when he first came in. He was a speed guy. He his combine, I think forty was a four or five. But as a Mizzou guy who watched every single play he ever did, he maybe ran a four or five in shorts, but he ran a four or five in full pads too. Right. There's a lot of guys that run a four or four with in shorts and run a four or seven in pads. Well, I'm, I'm talking. He would blow by everybody. Right, and I'm talking like when he came here. 
He was never like a speed guy. No, but, but he, he was, was that guy that he could was. throw. Smith could throw it up, and he trusted Macklin to go up and get it. You know, that was like the only guy he was willing to throw a contested ball to last year. Well, and honestly, that's another reason I didn't mind him going because it's kind of the Trent Green to Tony Gonzalez thing. Dude, throw it to somebody else. I mean, I'd, like, I'd love to have I got Gonzalez it. Back. <laughs> I got it. Tony Gonzalez was awesome. But, dude, everybody knew. I mean, how many games did we lose because teams finally, like, dude, we're just going to put Champ Bailey and a safety on Tony Gonzalez so you can't throw to him. Well, then Green would be like, uh, crap. Uh, uh, who do I throw to? Who do we have back then? Like Kennison or something like that? Yeah, Kennison yeah. stuff. And, <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's like, I mean, uh, no, what, am I trying, what am I trying to think of? It's like when Charles went down two years ago. We were one and five. The whole offense was hand off to Charles, Charles dump off. Smith, dump it, dump it to Charles, dump it to Charles, dump it to Charles because he didn't trust anybody else. All of a sudden, Charles gets hurt. He can't dump to Charles anymore. He was hitting wide receivers. He started finding Kelsey. At some point, it's like, dude, you got to, okay, take away the safety blanket so he has to do something else. I think Robinson's right now a better wide receiver than Macklin. I'm glad he's playing. I think Conley was a better wide receiver than Macklin at this point. Wilson is Wilson. He's been better this year. And it was one of those things where I just, I mean, we didn't need the cap money. So, I mean, the grand scheme of things, you really didn't have to fire Macklin because you didn't need the cap money. I'm like you. I think it was more. Now, Reed signed off on it, so it's not completely just Dorsey said, screw you, Andy. But I think there was a little screw you, Andy, in there. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely think there was. Um, but I, like I said, I, you don't no way Clark would have done that if unless Andy signed off on it. But my thing, and I argued this when it happened. You're paying your punter $5 million. That shows that you have no confidence whatsoever in your offense, in my opinion. Oh, no. yeah, And that's exactly. a lot of money that you could have freed up by cutting a punter instead of a receiver. Yeah, I was surprised which, they didn't cut. He was the first guy I had on my list that, like, if they need cap, if they need to sign somebody and they're going to cut somebody – Colquitt at $5 million is the first guy. Right, and and I agree that he is a great punter. But at the same time, if you have any confidence in your offense, you're not paying your punter $5 million a year. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. I think like the next highest punter is like two point five or $3 million. Yeah. It, it just blew my mind. But anyways, so... We got a little more time, and I want to talk, you know, a couple of topics that we're seeing across some of the blog sites today. But first off, what are your – are you scared of the Jets? What do you expect? I expect us to beat the Jets. I'm not overly scared about the Jets because I can't name five people on their team. And I play fantasy football where I pay a lot of attention to these things. They're kind of like the Chiefs back in 2012 and 11 where you're like, eh – don't even talk about fantasy for that team because there's nobody there. Now, I said that about the Giants and the Bills, too. So, we can lose, but at this point, God, they're not that bad. They're just not that bad. They can't be that bad. I mean, so, they're bad enough to lose to the Giants. I know, but 
they got too much talent to be that bad. I mean, that was two and fourteen bad. They're not two and fourteen. They're ten and six team. I expect them to win. I don't think they're going to blow them out by any means. I'm expecting a twenty to thirteen kind of game because I think I think the defense is good enough that they're going to hold the Jets down. So that, and then I think Andy really, really wants Alex Smith to work. So I think he's going to make him look as good as humanly possible so he can keep playing him this year. And they're going to go out and win, and Alex Smith will be your starting quarterback for the rest of the year. My thing with this game, your defense has held your opponents to 9 and 16 points, and that hasn't been good enough. Is it going to be good enough this week? And, you know, I know, I know that we've we talked about there's no one really that you care about on that offense. McGowan has had kind of his ups and downs this year. Not really scared of Forte at this point. He's still playing there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's one of the they got they got three running backs they use all game. Like they'll hand off the one first down, one second down, and one third down. It's I was, I was gonna say I was I can't I, remember I knew who he all was three still there, but I knew he wasn't getting the kind of carries. I'm not playing fancy this year. Um but I'm not scared of the offense. I'm not scared of their defense. I'm scared of our offense. I'm scared that they can't get nine points again. And, you know, they can't, they can't beat 16 points. Until I am shown that they can get above 20 points, that's going to be a constant worry. And even after that, it's going to be a worry. You know, it, it's going to be a rest of the year with this stretch worrying if you're going to get an offense that can't beat 16 points. No matter who you're playing. Uh, I, I can't argue it one bit. My, my only, and this is just pure... What the heck? I have no ba- basis to back it up other than just opinion. But Andy pays attention to what newspapers, radio, and the guys say. Some people will say they don't pay any attention to it. Andy pays attention to everything. And I think all week he's been answering questions about why is your offense suck? Is it scheme? Is it your quarterback? Is it your line? Why aren't you running the ball? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's a little bit way, more than, way more than any other week. This week they creamed him on it. So I think he's going to come out and say, F you, and I'm going to run the ball 30 times. I'm going to do – I'm going to show you guys I can do this, the what you guys keep telling me I'm not doing and I can't do. And I think he's actually going to run the ball 25 to 30 times. And I think Alex will have a decent game. I don't think he'll have a New England game or an Oakland game. I think he'll have a decent game because it's in New York. It's going to be windy, and he sucks at that. But I think he'll have his usual 225, one touchdown, no picks, boring Alex Smith game. I think Hunt gets over 100 yards, scores a touchdown. We win, like I said, 17 to 10, 20 to 10, something low scoring like that, where I honestly think we're winning the whole game, or it's one of those kind of like the Charger game. We're like, we're winning the whole game. This is an easy win, but. By the end of the game, you're like, dude, would you just win already? Right, you're still on the edge of your couch. Yeah, like, I never thought we'd lose, but, God, could you just go ahead and do it so I can kind of not worry a little bit? Yeah, I, um... Uh... Now, like I said, I have no real facts to back that up, but why right. I think that, what you think makes perfect sense based off the last two or three games, but... 
it's just one of those. They got Hunt. They got five healthy offensive linemen. They got Kelsey. They got Hill. They got Wilson and Robinson. God, they can't be that bad. <laughs> they just can't they be that bad be. three weeks in a row. It's like it just seems like it's almost impossible for them to be that bad. I'm not expecting them to go back to being the greatest show on turf like they were the first five weeks. But I'm expecting a Bronco game. How they played against the Broncos. Yeah, I, I, I could see that ugly win. Um, and, and, you know, talking about the whole Alex Smith thing, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going around. I never read into the articles, but, I you know, I saw the headlines of the the Chiefs and Packers are having the same fallout at the same time, the same rapid rate. Yet the Packers lost their star quarterback. The Chiefs, however... Haven't lost anybody. Right. I mean, you, you still have Conley out for the rest of the year, but other than that, your offense is healthy. And to especially with the you know the last couple games of being just absolute garbage teams that we're losing these games to and continuing this landslide to that's something to keep an eye on and i i really i know that everybody says that there's no way that pat mahomes comes in unless we are completely out of the playoffs or alex smith gets hurt i don't think you can ignore it anymore if they lose this week if they lose this week I mean, you got the Raiders and the Chargers who are right there. The Chargers are playing the Browns, okay? <laughs> and they're on a hot streak. You know, I, I don't really expect too much out of the Raiders. I know Crabtree will be out this week. And, of course, the whole Crabtree-Tlaib thing got pushed to one one game. So we're going to have to go up against Tlaib, you know, right in time <laughs> for us, which well, has been a common thing. Yeah, well, I'm not – like, if, yeah. I saw somebody had a conspiracy theory that the NFL's out to get the Chiefs. No. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, Bills bench, like well, the Bills bench Taylor, but then he plays the next week against us. Zeke gets to play, then gets suspended. Well, and then you got the whole uh, Eli Manning played. Now he's not. Yeah, now Geno Smith Geno is playing. Smith. And then now this. But either way. I, I don't think you can ignore not not really like the fans, but I don't think you can go after this game. If you lose this game to the Jets, I really don't think you can host Oakland with Smith. Oh God, there's no way. It, if, it would if be you do so it, it's just absolutely absurd. Bad. You're just being stubborn and trying to prove a point. Yeah, which well, and you're, you're just setting the team up to team. fail. Because the second Smith throws one incomplete pass, oh my God! A if anybody's even in the stadium, <laughs> it'll be half full. I but mean, the tickets the, the tickets will be sold. Bad. It'll be on TV because they already sold out the game anyway. There will be half. It will be a half full crowd. And then you throw in anytime he does anything, it'll be boo. They'll probably boo him when he comes on the field to start the game. Oh, I'm sure. They'll be we want Pat Chance all game, and. We know how well Smith handles pressure like that. <laughs> It'll be horrible. And then at that point when you lose, and then you play Mahomes, or at that point you may as well not play Mahomes because then if you play him and you win, everybody's just going to you're going to look like an idiot either way. So that's it. if they lose, 
you you cannot start Mahomes or you cannot start Smith again. You you just can't. That As equals everybody. My beer. Yeah, no kidding. That equals all the idiots who I hear say, "Well, you you can't replace him until you're 500 or the other team catches you." Something like so. So you wanna you wanna lose more games until you replace him, or you don't? Why don't you be proactive? You know. But like I said in our last podcast, the Chiefs can't even suck right to where Mahomes would play. So they'll win, and Smith will start for the rest of the year. They'll end up making the playoffs because they'll win three of their last five. And the Chargers will choke away a couple because that's just what the Chargers do. They always choke it away one way or another. Rivers will have a meltdown or a kicker will shank a kick or something. So they'll win the division. They'll make the playoffs. And it'll be pretty much just like we predicted before the season and what's predicted every other year. But Now, if they lose to the Jets, then that's, I mean, I don't know how anybody can stick up for anybody. If you're six and six, still playing this bad against these bad of teams, there's just no way you can trot Smith right back out there. No, it, well, it blows I mean, my mind. And just, I mean, it, I mean, at that point, it goes, it goes even beyond Smith. I mean, how can you be confident in anybody? Justin Houston's been hasn't had a what four sacks all year, something like that. Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid, what this is the coach that started a year one in five. Everybody only wants to talk about what a great coaching job because he won 11 straight. He was also the guy that lost five in a row. You don't don't get extra credit. You don't get extra credit because you won after (laughs) that. You were still one in five. Don't get extra credit. I know they were five and oh, and man, he was the coach that went five and oh. He's also the same idiot that's gone one in four since then. So again, it's one in five now. Yeah, one in five now. Like you don't you don't only get credit for the good wins and nothing for the bad. <laughs> like the good wins aren't all Andy and the bad wins are all Alex. That's that's not how it works. And with this team starting out five and zero, as hot as you were to go from literally the best team in football to if you lose to the Jets, literally the worst team in football. <laughs> well, not. Not maybe the Browns. Have, let's just be glad we don't play the Browns if we lose to the Jets, because we don't need to see that. I mean, at some point, God, how does how does anybody not how does anybody survive that? I I, I don't know. Anyways, we got one other topic that before we wrap it up here, and it was another headline that I saw going around quite a bit, and you know, someone put it in our. Arrowhead Attic chat. Um, comparing the hunt and wear streaks. And I don't agree with this. Um, I think that they're completely different. But here's what they're comparing. They're comparing the first five weeks of each one's season to the last six games. For where the next six games after the first five. Very similar. Very similar. But... My argument with this is, where was hurt? Where got hurt against the Colts? Where started out really strong, not as strong as Cream Hunt, but he was looking really good. And he got hurt. He got a concussion. He had some rib issues, and I think there's one other thing I can't remember what it was, but that was why he 
slowly started going down. Now, of course, you had a couple games where Andy went away from the run, but it wasn't nearly like what we've seen this year. I don't understand the comparison here. Because, like I said, Ware got hurt, Hunt hasn't. The right, the reason that Hunt can't get anything going is because you got eight or nine guys of defenders at the line or crashing the line immediately when the play starts because they have no respect for that deep ball. Now, they had no respect for the deep ball last year, but it was better than what we've seen right now. They had more respect for the passing game than they do for the Chiefs right now. Yeah. I mean, I get why the comparison because they both had really good five-game stretches and then really bad six-game stretches. But like you said, that's that's where it ends. Where it was hurt. Hunt is perfectly healthy. They just stopped running the football and shoot the offense played better. You know, they just kind of were Smith was actually passing the ball decent. So they kind of just where was heard. They had West in there splitting carries and Tyreek Hill was still a mystery. And Tyreek Hill was still getting, I mean, that's during that stretch when he had like the 80 yard touchdown run against the Titans, which then they never gave him the ball again. But, yeah, I'm like you. I, I understand the comparison where they both had five good games, six bad games, so it makes sense to compare it. But at the same time, like you said, it, it's two completely different circumstances to where I just don't think you can – it's a cool stat. It's fun to look at. I wouldn't take it seriously as in like, holy crap, Kareem Hunt's only ever going to be as good as Spencer Ware now or something like that. I'm going to be honest. I still hope that – we bring Spencer Ware back and he can kind of get back to healthy and get back to playing. Cause I would like to see him split carries with Hunt, not 50, 50, you know, maybe like a 70, 30 or something like that. But I do think it would be a good combo. I, I was really excited to start this season with that combo. And I mean, I, I really hope we bring Ware back. I think he's an upgrade over West all day long. Really, the only thing West is good at is pass blocking and then going out for a pass sometimes. But Ware was extremely good in those first five weeks with the uh, receiving yards. He had 492, no, 285 yards receiving yeah, and 15 catches. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, most of that. that The Charger game, he had, what, like 150 or something in the Charger game? The first yeah, game some, of the year, uh, or second game, yeah. Still. I mean, I know most of it was the first game, right? But yeah, I mean, he. But then they did the same thing. I mean, he he racked up the passing catches in the first two. I think most of those were the first two games. Got like 120 and then like 80, and then like they I mean, never threw him the ball again. In the second game, if I remember right. <clears throat> well, he didn't have as much, was... but he still had a good. Like it was 60, or I mean, it was good game for a running back catching the ball, and then like the rest of the year, he had like. Man, that's a factor you can play every game. He should he should get four or five catches every game. No, he got like one, maybe two. And those were usually just the dump-offs where, I mean, Spencer Ware's not Jamal Charles. He's not going to make three guys miss. He's going to get tackled by the first or second guy. Those aren't his plays, but I don't know. It just didn't make any sense with how they used him. Last year, and I'm like you. I'm cool if they bring Spencer Ware back. He's only going to make what is it, two million or something? It's not a big deal. I, I I don't want West back. I'd say bring bring Ware back, and then find some undrafted or sixth round guy to throw in there as a third string guy. So, 
I just pulled up Spencer Ware's stats from last year. Believe it or not, he had seven receptions for 129 yards against the Chargers in the first game, like we said. Following that game, just up until week seven where he got hurt against Indianapolis, the most receptions he had was two (laughs) each game. The most receptions he had all season after that game, three. That's a problem. Yeah. You just had a guy go seven for 129 yards, just absolutely dominating. And you didn't get him the ball more? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I thought he was... He, he wasn't that kind of elusive guy, that, that guy that kind of shakes off stuff like Kareem Hunt or Jamal Charles, however you want to distribute that. But... Where was running people over in the first half of last season? Before he got hurt, he was mowing people over. And that's what I wanted. I wanted the guy that can mow down. You know, actually healthy. You know, because in the later part of the year, when he couldn't do that, he was not healthy. And, you know, he's he sat, or he was out for two games. Still came up with 921 yards. Averaged 4.3. I'll take that to match up with Hunt all day long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a perfect backup guy. A good fourth quarter guy. You're going to pound him beneath the mill. I mean, I don't... Short yardage, I'm not worried about that. I mean, Cream Hunt's one of the best short yardage backs in the league right now because the first guy never tackles him. But definitely, I mean, you got you tell me the backup can average 4.4 yards carry? Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, well, there's that's, whole teams that don't average that, let alone the backup. Exactly. And first you look at the fact that, you know, Cream Hunt's not hitting a wall. He's just hitting a wall of defenders. And he's hitting like, Andy Reid where he only gets the ball five times a game. Right. He's st- You're still seeing the stats of him breaking tackles. Yeah. But, I think he actually, despite his lack of carries I heard on the radio today, I think he still led the league the last two weeks in broken tackles. Oh, oh yeah. No, Even no. though he only had like 17 yards, but he broke like, you know, he still led the league in broken tackles to get 17 yards. So now I'm looking at, you know, to make it even worse if you don't bring wear back or for you guys that don't like wear. We mentioned how the rest of the season, not just in that little span, but the rest of the season, he had no more than three receptions per game. He averaged averaged 13.55 yards of reception. Is that a guy that shouldn't be on this team? No. Especially for low money. You know that, you know, wouldn't, I'm pretty sure this was a contract year for him and West. I could be wrong. No, they're, uh, they got one more year. Okay. One more year. Yeah. They're, they're both for 2.5 or 2.25 or something like that next year. Oh, I'll gladly pay where that. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, you don't need the cap. I mean, you're going to get $50 million in cap savings from cutting, you know, from Johnson, Ali, Ford, Smith, and a couple other guys. So, right I mean, there. yeah, I mean, so cap's not going to be a problem to where you worry about $2 million from him. Oh, yeah, I definitely keep him. I, I Like I said, I really hope that he comes back next year and we get a really good combo going. 
Yeah, and I mean, coming off injury is usually a concern, but he's a backup. You know, you're not asking him to carry it 20 times. I'm getting eight, five, well, okay, and Andy Reid's offense, too. But a normal running offense, Spencer gets, or uh, Hunt gets 20, Ware gets eight. That would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when Ware was never supposed to be you know, he'd never played that bell cow role. Like in college, he was never like the guy that got 20 carries a game. That was his first year getting a full load and his body couldn't handle it. He's always played yeah. that kind of backup role. And I don't know. I, I think that, you know, giving him limited carries, I think he could get back to some of that form. And I think that it could relieve Hunt. It can. It's a lot better than West. I'm still not a fan of West, really. Unless pass blocking, he's pretty good at throwing himself into people's knees. That's pretty. <laughs> he is good at that. Flip over him, and that's why he plays his third down back is for his blocking. That's really it. Yeah, but I, I hope, a whole off season of hunt, hunt, Hunt's gonna Hunt will be fine at blocking next year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, once again, my name is Travis Steffen. You can follow me at Stephen NFL on Twitter. You can find my stuff over on Arrowhead Addict. And let them know where they can find you. Uh, you can find my stuff on Arrowhead Addict as well. And you can uh, find me on Twitter at, at bzank 17 uh, And like I said, well, we both got our articles on uh, Arrowhead Addict. And uh, our podcast will be showing up on Arrowhead Addict now as well. And you can also find Chris Taylor, who was not able to make it on tonight, at ctaylor1911 on Twitter. And then he also writes for Casey Kingdom. He used to write for Arrowhead Addict and made the switch. <sighs> Dirty man. <laughs> but that's all we got for you guys today. Hopefully we will be talking about a win on Tuesday's podcast after the game. But we will talk to you guys then and let us know. What you guys want to hear on the next podcast, if you have any questions, I usually put out a thing on Twitter asking questions, thoughts, concerns, takeaways, whatever you want mentioned on the show. We will we'll put your Twitter handle on here, put out your thoughts, discuss what we think. Just let us know. So get back to us and definitely hit the subscribe button and a rating review on iTunes if you like the show. And we will catch you next time.